Welcome to Wisdom of Fashion, everyone. One quick programming announcement from me, and then the second programming semi-announcement is going to be from my co-host, Mel, because he's working on a project, which I'm going to let him talk about. And so the first programming announcement from me is because I'm the idiot when it comes to uploading podcasts. I didn't realize that due to the free account that I'm on via Podbean that they don't allow you to schedule episodes. So unless I upgrade, which I'll do, don't worry, I will... um, I so we have that capability. I will upgrade so you guys don't worry. But for right now, and I think I'm gonna leave it as is. Wisdom of fashion is coming out on Saturdays, not on Tuesdays, as I told you guys previously. So enough with my programming announcement. I'm going to turn it over to my co-host now, so he can explain what he's working on. Why, thank you, and I really appreciate that. Hello, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well today. Hope you're doing and feeling exceptional. So, uh, yes, I am working on a project. I'm working on my own book. Um, I actually was invited um, a few months ago to be part of a multi-author collaboration called Breaking Barriers, and it's it's a book of um, personal struggle and and, uh, inspiration and victory in life. And there's, I believe, 15 to 20 authors in it. And I wrote a 2,800-word chapter in it called Growing Fearless. I am in, I'm currently taking that chapter, and I'm, and I'm going to turn it into a full-blown 10-chapter book called The Lion Roars with, from Within. And it's how to confidently achieve ultimate results in mind and body through love, strength, and courage. And um, really putting my heart and soul into this, as, as I believe a good, a good author should do, and... and and uh, I'm going to take a crack at it to uh, win, and hopefully uh, I'll come up with something uh, worthwhile reading that people will be moved by. And uh, I'll be sharing a lot of my story and a lot of my experiences and my professional and personal biography of th- the last 33 years as a strength and conditioning coach and and um, professional inspirational giver. <laughs> so I'm blessed yes. to, get to bring bring out the best out of others. So and that's that's really what I want. Yes. Yes, and you have brought you have brought the best out of me. I thought oh. I thought I was one. I thought I was one podcast host, but working with you, I'm like okay. And now I say a totally different side of me. And <laughs> my next programming announcement is: I am not only working on my second autobiography slowly, but surely. But I am working on a top secret project, which for those of you who don't know, I host another podcast called Butterflies of Wisdom, and I am working on a top secret project. For those of you who don't know, I'm officially a journalist as of today. I get my training in the in the fall in fashion journalism, so no more self-taught win here. Um, win is going to be 
educationally taught as to fashion journalism. And so I am working on a top secret project, which I'll be publishing once I get my associate's degree in um, fashion journalism. I'll be working on that project while in fashion journalism school, and that's where I'll leave it. Now, on to today's subject matter of wisdom of fashion. We are actually going to talk about, believe it or not, how teachers should and should not dress and how coaches should and should not dress. <laughs> the reason why I throw coaching in there is because Mel, Mel is a coach in this full-time profession here. He's not a full-time podcast by any means. He just said yes to too many podcasts, so he's a coach in, um, and Mel's laughing at me because he'll turn himself into an author and a full-time podcaster if we're not careful. Right. Okay, so I'm going to start with saying, you will n- never catch me at work with white hair. And the reason why that is is because my kids, now granted, they're two, two and a half year olds and four year olds, and the occasional five year old who's late on going to kindergarten. Although, when you remind them they have 16 days until the kindergarteners, they still don't want to act like kindergarteners. So, getting back to my point, they will come in after um, after recess or before going to lunch, and they have just done activities. I know this because I've been in the I've been in the actual classroom, and so nine times out of ten, you will see paint, and I'm not kidding, paint on their clothes and paint on gorgeous little sweaters, and that's why you will never catch Miss Wynn wearing white leggings in a preschool classroom. Mm. You will catch Wynn wearing black leggings, blue leggings, pink and white, and all the colors that can show stuff. Doesn't really work. I know I have a, I have a friend who's been teaching, uh, I actually have two friends who are my colleagues. They've been both teaching for 20 years plus. And one of them wears construction pants. The other one is the same way. She wears dark pants and because she teaches kindergarten. And the other one teaches science and PE. So, Carpenter um, overalls and dark pants. And so that's why you won't catch Miss Lynn in white pants. Never, ever, never, ever. And I always say to my colleagues, those who wear white pants in the summer, my first comment is that you're brave to wear white pants or you're brave to wear any colored pants. Like, I caught my physical therapist the other day 
wearing red pants, and I'm like, well, what if someone isn't paying attention to what they're doing in the PT? And you get, uh, I didn't sell, tell her this by any means, but you get the accidental end of it. <laughs> and so I don't think um, people quite understand when they're in the job of helping other people with mobility issues or when they're in a job of teaching, they want to be dressed dress nicely and dressed appropriately. And now, granted, I know um, my four-year-olds are learning how to dress themselves, but they can wear shorts in the winter. And I'm like, you guys, they will wear shorts in the winter and not even care about it. And it's and for those of you who are listening out there and thinking, oh great, now I have to go buy another wander. Well, no, you don't. Their Target has the best leggings in the world. They still do. And J C Penney's is closing on. Fortunately, closing nationwide, and so um, everything's on sale right now. And I know, as a matter of fact, they have the leggings of the yin yang that they're trying to get rid of. So, um, yeah. So I would not recommend that you guys wear white colored pants to teach or do PT in. Um, if you're the physical therapist, because if someone screws up on um, on end, you're gonna get the brunt of it because you're gonna get the end of it that they might not um, they might not see. And I hate to be graphic here, but I'm just gonna use the um, term of bringing up. And so you may not want to be wearing those white pants when a kid brings up on you, which has happened. Or falls on you and you get injured and blood, blood on you. You may not want to be wearing those white pants. And I know it's spring and I know it's summer and I know all that. But please just be conscious of your work environment and do not wear things that are too sexy. For all those new teachers out there, this is not a parade of pretty tops. Oh, I have a pretty top. I want to wear it to my first day of teaching. Uh, no. And because I know that even though we're not in a Catholic school, I know that schools still have dress codes. Now I know Mel's sons go to Catholic school in California, and I'm presuming that they have to wear a jacket and tie every single day. Do they now, or how does that work? You know, as far as the student body, they do have to wear collared shirts, um, or if they wear a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, it has to have either the school logo on it or a college logo of their choice. As far as the faculty, it's not any different than any other other school. Obviously, 
I don't think the yeah. faculty was was ties or business, you know, or women's businesses during you know during teaching hours, but I'm certain that their that their um, standards are very high. They don't they don't allow anything that's inappropriate. You know, um, it's not yeah. like a, a not like an Ivy League type of um, you know high school where where it's going to be that way or a military school, <clears throat> but nonetheless, definitely the, the the standards are very high for sure. Yeah. Well, most schools do not, and if they um, don't like what your kids are wearing and what all the faculties wearing, they will send you directly to the office, and then they will take the next step. So that's why I'm saying just be careful as you step into these new teaching roles. I my cousin happens to be getting her master's degree in special education, believe it or not. I don't know if that mm-hmm. has anything to do with me or not. But um, I would say that um, she's conservative. Her mom is a nurse, and so they're both conservative. Her sister, on the other hand, is a little bit I will wear whatever I want, but um, she's going to be perfectly fine. I'm just saying don't wear your prettiest top in coaching land or in teaching land because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. And my kids will wear shorts, and my kids will wear mismatched leggings, and I'm like, are you sure, Mom? And they haven't checked you on the way out the door. No. And my, when it's 10 degrees out, my kids will wear shorts. And in the fall, they will still wear shorts. And it's like, nope, doesn't um, fly well with me. As long as, a, as long as the shorts will be respectful wings, I, they can get away with that. But I would, they. Still wear shorts in the middle of winter. I don't get that one with the dawn. So now, how do you feel from the coaching aspect that all coaches should dress? You know, that's an interesting thing because my industry has a tendency. There's a mindset in my industry that has a tendency to be looked, you know, looked a part of the activity, which I think is wrong. Um, personally, myself, I've always either worn a collared shirt or I've always worn, you know, at least a shirt with sleeves on it, whether it's short or long, um, something that's nice and fitted. Um, it drives me crazy. And this is just my personal and professional opinion. It drives me nuts whenever I see a, a fitness professional or a coach or a trainer or whatnot wearing a tank top. That just drives me crazy because... First of all, it's extremely, it's, it's just very unprofessional to me. And, I, and I've had people say, well, you know, I'm in the fitness industry I'm a, I, and I'm in the gym. You know, I want to, you know, it's what we do and I want to uh, emulate my clients or I want my clients to feel comfortable wearing it and, and whatever excuse they give me. And I always say, look, you know, we, you're, I don't expect you to wear a button-down shirt and a pair of dress pants in the middle of the gym floor or out in the field when you're coaching someone. But the equivalency to that in our industry is going to be a collared polo or, or a, you know, a, 
shirt with sleeves on it, a T-shirt with sleeves on it that's very presentable, plus a pair of performance shorts, you know, or performance pants. You know, if if you want to be taken seriously, take a good look at the part you're playing times two. That, that's really, really what it boils down to, you know. Um, image is everything in every industry. If you want to be taken seriously, and it's not just how you dress, but how you groom yourself, right? How you groom yourself. Yes. Do you, is your hair done well? If you have facial hair, is it trimmed properly? If you, if you're, if you're a, a female trainer, you know, is your hair full of, you know, hairspray? Is it all puffy everywhere? Or is it, you know, is it slicked back and, 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 you know, tied back so that you can, you can easily move? I don't, you know, just, are you wearing too much makeup? Do you put on too much cologne? Like, oh my God, why are you wearing cologne in the middle of coaching somebody? Right? You know, I mean, so. I, but, and I had you know, yeah. a personal <clears throat> trainer who, um, did not wear, did not wear hair. She wore hair as if she was a fashionista to begin with. And when yeah. she got her training, um, in fashion management out of New York and before she became a person, before she became a personal trainer, and my God, she looked the part, and it's like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Right. And I show up in a ponytail with leggings, and I show up off of work. She shows up fully, and I'm not kidding when I say made up, and in with her hair perfect, and I show up in a ponytail, leggings, and a T-shirt. And it's like, why are you doing this? And she goes, oh, hi, Lynn. Let's work out. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think you are, like, not dressed for the board. Right. Yeah, it's just, so, yeah. I, I don't know what people think. Like, shoes, too. Shoes are a big thing, right? So whether, you know, here's the thing about shoes. You can wear a brilliant-looking outfit. Let's say you're wearing a really nice outfit for the evening or a business suit or something like that, and you scroll down from head to toe, right? The, the shirt looks good, the tie looks good, or the blouse looks good, the skirt or pants look good, the belt looks good, and then you hit the shoes, and they're either dirty or they're old or they're not, you know, they're not current or, or they're just not well taken care of. And nothing can ruin an outfit better or worse than the, than the wrong pair of shoes. Now, in my industry, it's the same thing. Your shoes shouldn't look old and worn out. Your shoelaces should not look all dirty and major. You know, invest in a new pair of shoes, look right, and on top of that, your your shoes are your most important piece of equipment, okay, because they protect your feet. If your feet are misaligned and if you're over-pronated, stepping outward or under-pronated, stepping inward, yeah. and you do that for, like for, 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 a, for, an, yeah, for an extended period of time, you're going to you're going to misalign your hips, which translate up to your you know from your knees to your hips to low back and the whole thing. Yeah, so you're, again, you know you're you're causing a hazard to yourself, you know repetitively, yeah. um, you know causing strain, rather than, and and it's going to inhibit your performance. Let alone it just just doesn't look good. So if you've got a beautiful shirt on, a, a nice a nice polo performance polo on, or a performance shirt, a long sleeve um, dry fit shirt on, and you've got Nice for shorts, and you look down, and you got these old mangy shoes. That's no different than wearing a beautiful suit or you know or a blouse and a, and a skirt, and looking down, and your shoes aren't polished 
or they're all wrinkled up, or they're just old-looking and tired-looking. You know, invest in good shoes for health reasons, uh, for, for hip and, and knee and low back alignment, along with just looking and pol- looking polished all the way through. You know, that's just my, my, my personal opinion. My all-time favorite shoe, and you are not going to believe this, I have the um, Dolce & Gabbana shoes. I have the Coach shoes, but you know, my all-time favorite shoe is a pair of Adidas, and my Adidas actually have flowers on them. So Adidas has come a long way, you guys. So in the yeah. coaching industry and the teaching industry, I think everyone should get a pair of Adidas and just have maybe one to two pairs of Adidas. They're the most stable and comfortable shoe that I've found. Thank you very much. Yeah, Adidas has had a resurgence. They were strong in the 70s. Um, the history of Adidas, yeah. is, uh, I believe it's uh, named after the German designer Adi Doppler. And there was, a, you know, they were big in the 70s with, with tennis, with Rod Laver and Bjorn Borg and all that. And then and yeah. uh, they, they, dabbled in, they dabbled in the basketball uh, field, but not, not very strong. I remember watching some players that, that wore them, like Pete Maravich. But in the racing world, they're big. In Formula One, they do a lot of, they do a lot of racing shoes. And then in the 80s, um, there was a, a, a bit of a throwback with some rap groups wearing Adidas, the classic Adidas shoes. And then in, in, the, in the 2000s, Adidas decided it was going to go into the basketball field, and, and it's, it's taken a pretty big bite out of it. And they're also prevalent in, in baseball, too, now. But Adidas is, is a great quality shoe. And you know what? The thing is, it's all about fit because all, every shoe company has, has a tendency. Like Nike has a tendency to be narrow. Uh, Adidas has a tendency yes, to be you know, just a tad wider. You know, Puma is really narrow. So it just kind of depends on on the form and the function of what you're using the shoe for. And uh, hopefully you're you're wearing shoes that are, A, the right size for you because people have a tendency to buy shoes that are too small because they like that. They think the more snug, the better when they're actually suffocating nope. the blood flow and, and, and the extension of their toes. <clears throat> you know, and they don't understand you know, between a, uh, you know, a neutral and, uh, and a stability shoe, right? You know, so they could be buying yeah. the wrong kind of shoes without, with, unbeknownst to them. Now, in dress shoes, <clears throat> you can also put in inserts, custom inserts for them. And before, you used to have to go to a podiatrist to get that done. And I've had it done before because I've got, I, I have, my feet are fairly flat and I've, stu- I've, I've suffered plantar fasciitis in the past. And I had custom insoles made for me. I still have them. For my dress shoes, and and I got to tell you, you know, again, your feet are the most important equipment piece of equipment you'll ever own, simply because it's attached to your body, um, compared to other pieces of equipment that are you know, that you handle that are objects. And your shoes are the number one piece of equipment that you'll ever possess and use. Okay, so and can um, I don't can I say something really sure. quick? Yeah. Now, um, you guys think that orthotics is something that you should invest in? I have a girlfriend that was, that walks on the side of the feet. She, um, yeah, she walks on the side of the feet. She refuses to get orthotics. I have said to her, why don't you get AFOs? Why don't you get AFOs? 
why don't you get AFL? No, no, no. So when you think of getting our products, all custom made, insert, or even Dr. Schultz, that will save your feet a million times over. Mm-hmm. I have been wearing orthotics since age five, so I know good or I know good um, feet. When, I know bad feet when I see them, and I, because my feet are so used to the orthotics, I can not. I can barely walk with their feet, even hanging on a walker. So when you think about it, you guys, the shoe is the most important part of this whole outfit thing. And then um, even though people don't necessarily look at your shoes, they look at your top more, but then they look down and see your shoes. <laughs> and they either like them or they don't. I apologize for the coughing attack. But um, I would think saving your feet would be the best investment that you can make. Now, granted, I have, this is coming from a person who's had awful feet for 30 years, yes. I don't call myself 29 anymore because I'm one month out from being 30. So I have had awful feet for 30 years due to my cerebral palsy, thank you very much. And the orthotics are the best in the investment I ever made in my feet. Thank you very yes. much. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It, and Mel it, and it doesn't have goes, to be yeah. it doesn't have to be just, you know, Adidas or performance shoes. If you are a person who's on your feet and teachers are, they're walking up and down classrooms. If you don't yes. if your feet if you're if unbeknownst to you, you're if you're unaware that your step is damaging the alignment of your knees and your hips and you're wearing the same dress shoes um, over and over for months on end without changing them, um, that's really not good because you're putting all that weight on there. You've you're, you're got that spinal compression going on in your lower back because you're standing all day or you're sitting all day or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, It would behoove you to, to look into that. Uh, most people keep their shoes way too long, right? And on top of that, they don't take care of them. I mean, leather, shoe leather, good quality shoe leather is a living, breathing thing. That's why you need the, and that's why you gotta polish them. Okay, don't let them get yeah. cracked. Don't let them get dry, you know? Um, and also the heels. If you look at the heels, uh, if they start slanting to the side, or if you look on the edge of your foot, the outer edge of your sh- shoe, and they're worn out, that's a telltale sign right there that you're really putting a lot of weight outward into your shoe, or maybe even inward. And um, if they're if they're you know if they're if they're sunk out either inward or outward, that translates into your lower leg being either tilting inward or outward, which is going to cause a lot of strain on the knees, reverberating up to the hips, and over years of time, um, you're just causing a lot more damage to yourself than than you recognize and you realize. So aside from dressing well and dressing appropriate. Make sure you wear the appropriate shoes so that you can have longevity in your career as you're coaching and teaching yeah. and standing and walking and all that. Yeah, that's don't don't. That's skip, a good point because right. I am I am externally rotated, even though I had 
surgery on my feet. I am still um, walking on the side of my feet, um, walking on the side of my feet, and I don't do it outward, I do it inward. I'm internally located, you guys, and that's um, that's just effective cerebral palsy, and I'm actually, the moment I say that, I'm actually going to pull up a stat here that I just read on Google this morning, and I actually sent it to Mel, and he goes, well, that statistic is high, and so here's the stat, you guys, and you're going to be um, shocked by the stat, God knows I was, and I've been thinking about it all day. So, it is estimated that 764,000 children and adults in the U.S. have symptoms or are born with cerebral palsy, have manifested or are born with one or more symptoms of cerebral palsy. So, when you look at cerebral palsy gate, and that's a high number, and I just Googled that this morning because I know you guys want to know the stats. You guys haven't been asking me lately about the stats, and so I finally did my homework and Googled the stats, and that's coming from the um, from the Department of Department of Disease or something. And so, don't quote me on that. But when you talk, when you think about that, when it comes to shoes, and we'll get into more of that set on Tuesday on Butterflies with Wisdom and Milk and ask me how I feel about that stat. But when you think about it, when it comes to shoes, you need to be careful with your feet. So if you see a kid with cerebral palsy in the classroom, I'm sorry you, you teachers need to look at their feet and make sure they're not sliding out of their shoes because nine times out of ten, they're probably sliding out of their thoughts or their shoes are not pinching their, <laughs> shoes are not pinching their feet because they're too tiny. Now, granted, I have spent many years in shoe stores and many years trying to find shoes that fit over our products. And yeah, trust me, it's a nightmare. But once you get the shoes, keep them best you can and, and then throw them out when they're no longer in use. Wouldn't you agree with that, Mel? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no need to keep them anymore, even if you're going to wear them outside in the backyard to do your, you know, to, to do your gardening. You know, that's that's not any better, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, no. just just don't just don't wait until your shoes are completely broken down and worn down. Um, shoes actually have mileage requirements on or mileage. Um, uh, how would you say thresholds, right? You shouldn't, you should, uh, uh, like a good, like I run, so a good pair of running shoes. I don't think I, I don't think I go past 200 miles on a pair of shoes. It starts to break down. I know that, I think the rule of thumb is three or 400, but no, I don't, I don't wait till that long. 
if I feel, if the second I start feeling any discomfort with them, I don't mess around with it because all it takes is one wrong stride or step on a run somewhere where I'm three, four, five miles from away from home and I'm wearing the wrong yeah. shoes, you know, then, then you're screwed, right? So, um, yeah. and especially when I'm, if I'm working out, if I'm wearing training shoes, which is completely different from running shoes. Oh, that's another thing. Don't wear the wrong shoes for the wrong activity. Don't do that. Yes. Yes, I would. Don't wear wear running shoes when you're going to go do a cross-fitting, you know, workout or if you're going to do a hip workout or if you're going to run bleachers. Don't do that, you know. Um, If you're going to. Yeah. If you're going to be on a field trip as a teacher, right, don't wear heels and pumps. If you're going to be walking in a museum or going on a hike, I mean, I, really I, I don't that. know. It's probably I, crazy. I truly, I truly do. No, I, you know? I'm laughing because I laughing because I uh, wear flat shoes all the time, and people say, "When will your high heels?" I'm like, I'm not in the industry to wear high heels, and right, when I, right. um, when I fly out to your neck of the woods. I certainly won't be wearing high heels. Your neck of the woods is Sacramento, 90 miles away from San Francisco. And San Francisco's not designed for high heels shoes. No, no. A lot of hills. I'm laughing because a lot of hills, because people will think, oh, when we'll bring a nice dress shoes out to San Francisco. no. When we'll bring nice dresses out to Salmon Cisco and then about the nice tennis shoes out to Salmon Cisco, but please right. wear the appropriate shoe when you're on a field trip. Don't be wearing high heel shoes. High heel no. shoes, people. Don't. Don't. You're, you're just asking for trouble. Would kill your feet too. That would kill oh, your totally. feet too. And don't wear big you boots then uh don't yeah just dress for the appropriate activity and now if you are going to a let's say a coaching function i'll use coaching first and i'll use teaching what would you recommend mel for not necessarily on the gym floor but a uh, coaching award family, let's just say. What would you recommend? Um, I'm sorry. Ask me that question again. Where, where, where's the, where's the environment? That's uh, not, not on the coaching. Where's the, where's the environment? A uh, coaching awards dinner. A uh, co- oh. coaching oh. awards banquet. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, here's the thing about that. Personally, myself, I, I have a professional wardrobe, and every chance I get, if I'm going to be somewhere where I'm going to be around my peers and it's going to be an official event, be it a dinner, an award show, a conference, I'm going to wear a suit, and I'm going to look like I'm going to a professional event. Um, again, that's just me. Now, I've seen I've seen some people go to events, and they're going to wear you know, a nice polo and some maybe some dress pants or some dockers and then, you know, just like some regular shoes and, you know, um, maybe some Oxford shoes, which is fine. That's that's great. But it's not really 
professional and it's not really saying a lot about your your you're not saying a lot about yourself at, at a very high level. You know what I mean? So having yeah. worked in corporate America for four years and having presented and worked alongside some senior leaders of large corporations and, and having current clients that are CEOs of companies, whenever I'm invited to functions, I'm not showing up in my workout clothes, I'll tell you that. I'm not, I'm, nor am I going to show up in what they call business casual or dressy casual. I'm not going to a nightclub. I'm not going to a dinner with some friends, you know. I'm going to meet, I'm, I want to be taken serious as a high-level person, so I'm going to dress like a high-level person. If I'm not going to wear a tie, I'm going to wear at least a suit or a, or a sport coat that has the right coordinating shirt and pants and maybe a pocket square. If I'm wearing a suit, there won't be a pocket square. There'll just be the shirt and the tie um, so that the suit stands out. And, again, the shoes. The shoes are everything. Color is also a big thing, When Here's the thing about color. Do not wear black. Don't wear black. Because there's only, to me, there's only two. The rule of thumb is there's only two places you wear black, funerals and a wedding. That's it. Or a black tie event. Even at a semi-formal, I've worn dark blue and I've worn dark gray. You know, if it's semi-formal, that means black is also an optional color. There are people who wear tuxedos and black tie at semi-formal events. That's more power to them. If that's the case for me, I like wearing dark blue or I like, wear, or I like wearing charcoal. You know, um, I like dark blue because it's a lot more classic and there's a lot more things you can do with it. Don't ever wear black shoes with blue suits. Always wear dark, uh, always wear espresso or, or, or cognac colored shoes. Um, again, you know, understanding fashion and understanding your colors, um, understanding your skin tone and what works for you. You know, don't wear things like you'll never see me wear a tan suit. There are some people that can get away with wearing a tan suit and blue shirt and a blue tie, but I can't. I'm a Pacific Islander. I'm Filipino. I'm going to look like the suit. I don't want to look like the suit. <laughs> you know, I'll, I, I, if I wear a brown suit, I love you, be, girl. Right. You know, if I wear a brown suit, it's going to be a very, very dark brown suit because I have a, I have a dark tan as itself. But if yes. I wear a brown suit that's a light brown suit, I'm going to look like the suit. I don't want to look like the suit. I, you know, I want to look apart from the suit. I want, I want the suit to enhance me. You know, so and also understanding your contrasting fabrics, your textures, and your in your colors. You know, just stuff like that. I mean, if you don't know how to do that, go to go to a hire a stylist. Go to the men's warehouse. They're brilliant at that. That's what they do. Uh, you know? um, yeah. The the female version of it. Um, when I was married, I, you know, I used to hire a personal shopper for my, my ex-wife. And, you know, there are some brilliant ones out there that could, that are good stylists that work for Nordstrom's and, you know, wherever. It doesn't matter. Just there are some private and public ones that are out there. Just learn. It doesn't take long. Google it. Google it. You know, what is the right color scheme for fair skin or dark skin or black skin? Yes. Whatever the case may be. Start learning what works for you because that first initial image of you is your calling card. Before you even say yeah. a word, before you even say a word, you know, you can easily say a lot about yourself as far as understanding your color, the power of a color palette, the power of accessorizing, not over-accessorizing, okay, uh, the power of grooming, the power of really great shoes and clean shoes, you know, that kind of thing, and not over-matching everything, kind of having some contrast here and there, you know. I mean, I, I love fashion as it is. So to answer your question, to go to when I'm going to show up to a coaching event, 
like I went to the online conference in New York, I boarded the plane in a suit because I, I want know you did. In, yeah, I want the people in the airport to take me seriously. If there was an issue, if I wanted, if I walk up to a ticket counter and whatnot, and I'm not saying the people who don't wear suits don't get taken seriously, but you know the thing is, you know it's 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 all visual programming. You know what I mean? It's all visual programming. I've walked into companies before. You've got a gatekeeper. You know, you've got a gatekeeper, a receptionist, or a secretary, or an executive assistant, or whatnot. You're going to get treated differently. You just are. If you look high level, they're going to treat you high level. If you don't look high level, they're just not. And it's sad to say, but that's just the way it is. You know? So, um, if, go ahead. If you don't mind me in the decking, you know, I'm yeah, noticing that a lot of parents where, and my own mom did this, trust me, and a lot of parents wear gym leggings, and I'm like, you drop your kids off at school, and then go talk to the secretary in your gym clothes, and you're trying to hand over tuition or something, and how do you think that makes the secretary feel? I, well, I don't typically wear leggings um, to work. I wear a nice elastic pants, even though I am in leggings today. But how do you think that makes the secretary or the receptionist feel, Mel, when they see adults in skin tight leggings? Oh, God, that's, yeah, that's a lightning rod in of itself, right? I mean, a mom can easily say, hey, I'm stopping off my kids. I'm going to the gym right after. Here's the check for the tuition, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's one thing. But if it's a parent-teacher conference or if it's, you know, you're going to go in and talk to an administrator, you know, um, or you just have a question that you need to ask, you know, that's going to have some substance and depth to it, yeah, you should dress accordingly for it, right? I mean, yeah. uh, that's yeah. what I think. You know, I'm not going to show yeah. up just looking like I'm. I rolled out of bed, or you know, I'm just going to go to the store and get a tub of ice cream and no. go home and go eat it on the couch. No, I don't know. It's just weird. No, you know, when uh, so. my mom did the IEPs with me, she would always wear a nice top and not exercise leggings per se. But I'm noticing these parents now wearing leggings to to drop their kids off at school. Now, that's one thing, but go talk to the admins. At least get a little dressed up. And I don't care about the leggings, but I do care about the top. Just put on a nice top before you go talk talk to the classroom teacher talk to me even because me I have more power in that school than um than your um than the other parents do and the rest of the teachers are held to a standard why not hold parents to a standard. Right, right. Yeah it's so, um yeah, it's funny to right? I mean, but you know, still. right? You don't want to just you don't want to be telling someone how to dress, right? I mean, but yeah. you, you would hope that um, the art of dressing and understanding what's appropriate shouldn't be lost, 
it should not be lost. Yeah. You know, um, I think uh, I don't think it takes a whole lot to be dressed up or at least to look presentable in, in the proper situation. Just saying, you know. Yes. Anyway, yeah, it's um, from head to toe, right? Shoes, all of it, right? Yeah. It, um, Shoes it matters. Oh, it matters. It matters. It does matter. And maybe you guys, after I get my um, journalism degree and after I get my bachelor's in journalism, I'll become not only a fashion designer, but a fashion stylist at that because I am solving that I won't like be that Mela as much because I am... Don't be right. well, geez, the uh, rather, lax of, yeah. lax of right. digital um, parents on their parents on their iPhones and in the exercise posing drives me nuts. Like and tank tops in the gym drives me nuts too. Thank you very much. I just wanted to say that so we do right. agree on something now. Yeah, you know, I'd rather be accused of being overdressed than underdressed, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd, ra- I'd rather show up to a dinner party in a tuxedo rather than a pair of tank top, you know, a tank top and a pair of shorts. You know no, I mean? when, um, yeah. when I went out to Southern California and had, um, my meeting with the school at the time, I wore a dress, and I planned when I beat it out your way, I planned to do that again. And they were so shocked when I show up in, and my aide was nicely dressed too, and because I told her to me, and um, and they were so shocked when I showed up in this dress to like. Oh, this person hasn't bowled out of bed yet. I think that most college admissions officers are used to the sweatshirts and leggings and it's like they really see a dress. And the next week, you guys, we're actually going to talk about what Mel keeps hinting at, why he wears suits on airplanes and why he wears suits in airports because we're going to talk about airport etiquette. Oh my God, that's all. That's all. Another lightning one podcast itself. Airport etiquette. Travel. No, the last time I traveled was um, was last May, around around this time last year to Southern California. By the way, I have to make it out to Northern California now because. Wine and food and melon school. That's my um, right. my plan, and so I have to make it. Eventually, I'll make it out to you. And I the woods. I'm planning yes. on that. Not this summer, but next summer. I'm planning on um, coming out, or may or maybe when I um, finish my degree and actually walk. Maybe that's an excuse for me to come out. No, but sooner than that, I hope. But airport, getting back to my topic at hand, 
airport etiquette. Airport etiquette mm-hmm. is one of those things. And, of course, we're all on Skype nowadays. We're all on FaceTime. FaceTime is via, via the Apple iPhone. Look the part if you're trying to have a business meeting via Skype. Thank you. Dress up. <laughs> Dress up. Right. And right. we will get into that after um, the airport etiquette. How does that sound? No. Dressing up perfect. technology. Thank you very much. Because we're on Skype and we're on um, every which way now. And so, but you still need to have, and then we'll get into the college, taking college classes online, and we'll get into the college aspect of it. And so, next Monday, we're actually going to be um, breaking down the statistics that I read you guys about sale the Halsey, unfortunately. And then next Friday, we'll be back here talking about airport etiquette and fashion. And then the following Monday, that's, that's Memorial Day. So the following Monday, um, I don't think there will be a podcast um, with Mel and I because that's Memorial Day. And knowing Mel, he's escaping to somewhere nice <laughs> and on Monday. Mario Day, and then we'll be back here the beginning of June, you guys, for fourth. I may the, um, I'll let you guys know. I know June 22nd, um, you guys, is my 30th birthday, so June will be a special month for the podcast when we celebrate our podcast anniversary. On the 14th and 15th of June, and then um, June for June 22nd, you guys get to hear a very special interview led by Mel. And I have no idea what he's going to ask me, as I said earlier, <laughs> but I'm going to let him, he's laughing, I'm going to let him take the lead on this one. And we'll be recording that one on June 19th. And so um, on Butterflies of Wisdom. And then on that Friday, depending if I still have family in town, we may do something special for my 30th on Wisdom of Fashion. So those are just dates keeping your head to you guys that you may hear a wonky schedule here there because of June. And I believe on Monday we're not only talking about the statistics of cerebral palsy and how I feel about that, but we're also talking about how to keep your family active during the summer. Thank you very much, Mel. That is your expertise, not mine. My expertise is cerebral palsy. Thank you very much. So that's what we're going to be talking about on Monday with, um, on Butterflies of Wisdom 2. So on, on Mondays it's Butterflies of Wisdom, on Fridays it's Wisdom of Fashion, you guys. And we'll catch you guys 
next Friday for Wisdom of Fashion next Monday for um, Butterflies of Wisdom. And we have a couple new um, changes coming to both podcasts. I have to get everything sorted out. But I will, um, you'll see some pretty logos popping up in the next couple weeks there and a pretty website finally popping up for Wisdom of Stasher. And you'll see a very pretty sub scene popping up in the next couple weeks here for a special project I'm working on. On and hopefully we get to see Mel's book cover and maybe, maybe, maybe if Mel's brave enough, he'll read some of his book on Butterflies of Wisdom. Thank you very much. So you guys get a sneak peek of it. And Mel, is that going to be on Amazon? I presume it's a yes when oh, it's yeah. finally Absolutely. published. Absolutely. It'll be a full on book launch and uh campaign for sure and um i'm honored that you would you would ask me to share some of my book and i would less yes i would absolutely love to do that absolutely wow. when yeah. the time comes well, sure. when the time comes share away and i will always be supporting this um you and this podcast by the way you guys um since i'm now official journalist um, nothing will change as far as the podcast. The podcast will get bigger and better. But speaking of Amazon, Mel doesn't even know this yet, but I'm going to tell Mel. We, I, I have a project going on that consists of when you buy my books, when you buy my books off Amazon, my books, Buying my books will turn into college books for me because even though I'm on financial aid and got two grants, um, now we're talking about the cost of a textbook. And for those of you who are going back to college and for those of you who have freshmen entering college, you know how expensive a textbook is. So that's the campaign I came up with actually a, a fan of mine, Jen Taylor, came up with that, and I thought it was a brilliant campaign. So huge thanks to her because I'm like, how am I supposed to afford these textbooks now? And she came up <coughs> with the idea for books for books. So I'll be mentioning that on Butterflies of Wisdom. I'll also be mentioning that on other podcasts that I'm on, and I'll be mentioning that throughout um, throughout Wisdom of Fashion. So just go to Amazon and just go type in my name, Win Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Charles, C-H-A-R-L-E-S, and my name should pop up on Amazon. I'll go type in I, comma, Win, and you should see that. It's I, comma, W-I-N, and it's a green cover, and it has a flower on it, and you should see that, and please, 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 and I know you guys will support me 
on this incredible journey of fashion journalism. As I said, things won't be changing with the podcast unless my life gets too crazy and I get stuck underneath a bunch of textbooks. But um, all I've been doing is enhancing podcasts with this degree. So, Mel, how do you want to close out this episode? Well, just to reiterate again, your feet are your most important piece of equipment on your body. Therefore, protect it with the right shoes, whether you're a coach or a teacher, especially if you're a teacher that stands a lot or goes on a lot of field trips. Um, Know your colors. And please, 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 you're better off always being accused of being overdressed than you are underdressed. That's it. Real simple. There you Uh, go. I um, highly agree with Mel on that one. And I hope you guys enjoyed another fabulous episode of Wisdom of Fashion. And we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks to you guys. Thank you.